0: Hey guys, I just got my copy of Kaiju Monthly in the mail, and there's this really neat quiz. I thought it'd be fun if we took the quiz together here on the podcast. Which Kaiju are you?
1: Ooh. What do you think?
0: Want to try this out? I don't think we have a choice.
1: Yeah, there's nothing I love more than quizzes, so uh, yeah.
0: Look, Americans love their quizzes, okay? And everybody wants to know who are you going to be in a Godzilla movie, so let's try this out, okay? Um, number one, choose the word that describes you best. Timeless, brave, empathetic, intelligent, sadistic, powerful, stubborn, or resourceful. Garrett, I'm gonna say you're you're stubborn, but uh, you know yourself better than I do. So Wow. You're just gonna call me out on the podcast <laughs> like
2: that. It's not, it's not always easy being right, Mark, so sometimes you gotta be stubborn. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh
1: Mark, you missed a good opportunity to go. Pop quiz,
2: hotshot oh Mm. he's off the podcast right tune in next week when john and garrett i'm leaving
0: (laughs) i could have done my best dennis hopper impression but i failed (laughs) i'm going to choose myself i'm going to choose resourceful uh what did you pick john
1: uh i also went with stubborn oh
0: okay yeah you you chose stubborn did i get that
2: right no actually i chose intelligent
1: okay okay
2: because i can be stubborn but i i'm I don't think that's my defining quality.
0: Okay, Garrett thinks he's smart. Listeners, you've heard it here.
1: And He's very stubborn about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Question two. Choose a hero or a villain. We've got Iron Man, Batman, Hulk, Superman, the Joker, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, or Magneto. I had to go Magneto. Now, why is that? Well, because Magneto was right. I mean, let's be honest. His cleansing might have helped out this situation we're dealing with now, right? Look, look, look. No, he didn't want to cleanse. That was Apocalypse. He just... uh, He was what was his deal
1: he was anti-human as well right he 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 wanted to kill all the humans or maybe enslave us i don't know if he wanted to kill us but no
2: no 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 god you ignorant (laughs) fucks hold on all right let me (laughs) magneto believed that mutants were superior to humans as the natural next evolution of uh, mankind and therefore their rightful place was above man now why he did not want to basically destroy and eliminate all humans He was willing to go through to um, extreme measures to ensure that the mutant race was not subjugated or um, what have you basically taken out due to fear. Basically, he lived through the Holocaust. Um, He did that whole that whole terrible thing. So. You know, he's seen what can happen before. Mm-hmm. So. Wasn't there a what if? Like,
1: what if Magneto conquered the United States or became president or whatever? And it was a terrible time for humans. I remember reading that.
2: I'm sure it was, but that's a what if, sir. That's
1: a what if. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the 616, right? So it doesn't count. All right.
2: Exactly. It's
0: been a while since I've seen an X Men movie. I skipped that Dark Phoenix one, so I'm a little rusty on my Magnetos.
2: X Men um, movie? X-Men movie X-Men comics mark. I was joking
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with the Hulk myself the big green guy Um, That's my choice John. What'd you choose?
1: I picked spider-man Cuz I liked how sarcastic spider-man is so that was the absolute depth I put to that thought
0: I
2: think that's pretty accurate for you guys. I like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right question three what ride Would you most like to own? We've got a supersonic jet, a tank, a space shuttle, horse, submarine, supercharged sports car, private jet, or an off-road Jeep.
2: Mark, what'd you pick?
0: I want a tank, dude. I want to drive around with Arnie. I want to go shoot stuff in his backyard. Big hulking tank with a cannon on the front sounds like a fun time.
2: I don't know. I just, I don't think, I think a tank would be unwieldy. Tank was my second like runner-up, but like a tank would be a little too unwieldy. It's going to be hard to get places. It's really slow. You know, there's just a lot of, uh, like, cons to those pros there. So I was like, you know what? I picked off-road Jeep. Off-road Jeep all round they can do what it's got to do. A little more maneuverability. Exactly. All right. John, what you got?
1: Well, I had some trouble with this question because I was confused by there both being a private jet and a supersonic jet. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Concorde's still running, so by its definition, the supersonic jet Must also be a private jet, so I went with that to get two of the answers.
2: Nice That's
0: fair, but what you don't know is that you're gonna have to timeshare that supersonic jet. So it's not just your own private jet. So you're gonna get on board and then there's you know, the last guy didn't refill the peanuts, you know.
1: Ugh. Hate when that happens on my timeshare jets.
0: (laughs) Question four. What mythical race do you identify with most? Dwarf, orc, elf, goblin, hobbit, wizard, golem? a ranger
2: i had to go with dwarf dwarf for garrett why because you got that rockin' beard oh i had I, ha- I had the beard i got the you know it's just it fits it unfortunately fits
0: <laughs> you're squatty and you're always looking for diamonds <laughs> you know <laughs> john what you got
1: uh i also went with dwarf in every role-playing situation where i can pick dwarf as a race that is inevitably what i pick so i've uh I deeply relate to the dwarven people.
0: All right. Well, it sounds like we got three dwarfs on this podcast. I also chose dwarf because I am squatty and always looking for diamonds. I was just self-projecting onto Garrett just a minute ago. (laughs) You got any diamonds, come to me. I'll give you a good deal.
1: We get four more dwarves, and we got something going on here.
0: Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. We're going to have to go fight a smog dragon.
2: (laughs) A smog dragon? (laughs) Excuse me. Y'all shouldn't be in here. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm.
0: I like it. All right. Question five. What movie series do you enjoy the most? Indiana Jones, James Bond, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Marvel Universe, Star Trek, Harry Potter, Saw. I don't think any of us are going to pick Saw. I doubt any of us will pick Harry Potter. I'm pretty sure John is going to choose Star Trek. Yes. Garrett's going to pick Marvel. And I'm probably going to choose Lord of the Rings myself.
2: Did I get yours right? Yes, actually, you got that correct. The Marvel Universe is the one I picked, Mark. Hmm,
0: I can pick up on subtle hints, or maybe not so subtle hints. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question six. Choose an animal. Eagle, bear, mantis, gorilla, crocodile, snake, butterfly, or human?
1: This isn't even a question. It's a directive. (laughs) (laughs) Am I picking my favorite animal? Just a random animal? What, What do you feel? Which one of these... Get you,
0: I don't know, right in the feels.
1: Mm, this is a tough one. Uh,
0: I'm going with crocodile just because they're most dinosaur-like out of all these.
1: I went with gorilla to try and game the quiz.
0: Mm, I see what you're doing.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I thought about that. I went with gorilla just because gorillas are insanely awesome, but I almost went with bear, too. But uh, yeah, I went oh, with gorilla. I'm
0: surprised you didn't pick
2: bear. You know, uh, compared to a gorilla, bears are insanely awesome. I love a good bear, but um, yeah, no, just gorillas are that much more versatile. They got thumbs, Mm. baby. You you
0: pose a
2: good question.
1: Ooh, everybody knows once you go thumbs, you can't go back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to live in a thumbless world. I'm going to open doors. All right, next question. What would be your dream home? Technologically advanced technodrome? Multi floor treehouse, impenetrable fortress, underwater cave, secluded sky palace, most luxurious of mansions, diabolical dungeon of evil, or the beautiful
2: nature cottage. This was a tough one for me.
1: This is a tough one, but to continue my trend of commenting on this quiz, suddenly we have the introduction of exclamation points at the end of every <laughs> option. <laughs>
0: this quiz needs an editor
2: (laughs) if you can't be if you can't be excited about where you live then why bother
0: I for one went for Technodrome because it reminds me of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I don't know if that's what they mean but I always love the giant sphere with the eyeball and all the doodads coming off the front with tank treads how can you beat that
1: When I was a kid, I wanted that toy so bad, so bad, and I never got it.
0: It's the one cool toy I had as a kid, John. Like, out of all the play sets that were out there, that's the one my parents bought me, and it was pretty dope.
1: I'm so envious. When I was, I would see those commercials and just want it, if I could will it into existence, man, but no (laughs) luck.
0: (laughs) All right, what'd y'all pick?
1: I went with secluded sky. Whatever. Castle? It's gone now, so I don't remember what it said. The secluded one, though, because I mostly just want to be left alone in life. So that seems perfect. (laughs) And I could use my supersonic jet on every other week to get to it. There you go.
2: (laughs) I went with the most luxurious of mansions. And even though I don't want a place quite that big as a mansion, I needed the place that I had a guaranteed hot tub and or giant bathtub in, so that's what i picked
0: i'm pretty sure if you had an advanced technodrome you'd have the most advanced uh, hot tubs available too right there's room
2: i don't need my hot tub like splashing water and jiggling around as the tank technodrome drives over (laughs) terrible underground terrain get
0: back on the road you're spilling all my water (laughs) uh yeah that makes sense um okay next one up pick a band The exclamation point is in the question this time, John. (laughs) I noticed. (laughs) The Beatles, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Metallica, Daft Punk, Nickel Creek. (laughs) Is that supposed to be Nickelback or is there an actual band called Nickel Creek? I don't know.
1: (laughs) I was wondering.
0: that. Uh, The Rolling Stones, Coldplay, or Queen.
2: Mark, I'm actually intrigued to know what you picked on this one.
0: As a self-proclaimed auteur of music, I listen to a lot of genres, so it is tough for me. Um but I'm probably going to go with Daft Punk to be honest with you. Really interesting. Okay. Yeah, Metallica was good for, you know, what they were back in the day. I haven't really listened to them in 20 years. Um I appreciate and love Queen as well, but if I'm just going to throw some tunes on, you know, when I'm working or whatever I got going on, there's a lot to choose from from Daft Punk's catalog. Their album Discovery to me stands up as the pinnacle of one of the best I don't, are they are they considered electronic music? I mean, what else do you define them as?
2: But, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're an EDM yeah, band. I love that. I love
0: Discovery so much from start to finish. All right. Good answer. John?
1: This was pretty tough, uh, but I went with Queen because Queen's awesome. But either between Queen or Daft Punk, I like the most uh, Queen songs. or Out of all those bands, I think I like their discography the most, but, uh, but this was a tough one.
2: All right. All right. Well, here's uh my hot take. I went with Red Hot Chili Peppers. What? Yep. Why? Dude, because you cannot beat like the early sounds of Red Hot Chili Peppers. When you the Mother's Milk album, that is next level freaky style. Man, that mean the early stuff is so awesome. And you know what? Okay, here's a very controversial take. I really like their new stuff as well. I really do. The Californication album. I thought that was a great album start to finish. Um, what was that One Hot Minute was pretty good. Uh, had some great songs on it. It had a few that I was kind of like, eh, I'll skip. But honestly, out of like all those bands, that's that's the artist that like I have to skip the least amount of songs on their albums.
1: Uh, Garrett, I just want you to know Californication came out in 1999. <laughs> I don't think that different... <laughs> is their new stuff anymore.
2: <laughs> we are old. Okay, well, what was the new one? The double disc album. It was um, Jupiter. No, that the albums were like Jupiter and something else. Um, damn it. I can't remember the name anyway that double album was actually really good too that song warlocks banger so good well
0: your hot take has left me cold blue chili pepper over here but uh you know you do you
1: is blue the opposite color of red
0: yeah usually when you're watching movies about strife the you know the red team versus blue team you know what i mean
1: oh that's true Uh, okay yeah i concur i withdraw my objection (laughs)
0: okay on to the next question pick a star wars character The Emperor, Luke Skywalker, Chewbacca, Princess Leia, Darth Maul, Obi-Wan, Han Solo, or Darth Vader. Darth Maul, end of discussion. We're we're done. Next question. (laughs) I knew you were going to pick that. I just knew it.
2: Darth Maul is the greatest character they've ever had, and they've wasted him. Well, until they did Clone Wars, but man. What a great character design.
1: Yeah, I also picked Darth Maul, but not for anything nearly as awesome as that. I saw a tweet yesterday that pointed out that Darth Maul didn't know who Anakin was uh, in the desert. He just saw a kid walking down the desert, turned his speeder bike around to try and run him over, and that made me laugh really hard, so that's why I picked Darth Maul. (laughs)
0: Uh, I'm going to go with classic Vader, dude. For me, he is his look, and uh, he hit me just at the right time as a kid. I thought he was amazingly awesome probably the first bad guy that I was like actively rooting for from time to time. And who doesn't love James Earl Jones? He's, uh, uh, such a great actor. Yeah. That's why I picked him. All right. Next question. What do you want most in life? Peace, money, knowledge, solitude, companionship, justice, bloodshed, or immortality? I don't know why anybody pick bloodshed unless you're like, I don't know, Hitler?
1: <laughs> now you know what? I'm not gonna hate on this quiz. This must be like a user created quiz. Cause the L in life randomly capitalized.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so does he mean as in the board game life? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. What do you want? I want the blue card. That's what I want most in the game life. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta
0: collect them kids. That's how you get paid out at the end of the game. Uh, I chose Immortality. Why not? Let's live forever. Let's see where this place goes.
1: You know, like a couple of years ago, I might have been like, yeah, that seems good. But now I feel like this ride isn't going anywhere good, (laughs) so uh, I don't want to be stuck on it.
0: (laughs) But if you had your flying, uh, you know, cloud fortress, then you could just watch the chaos from above, you know, and then come back after, you know, the humans have destroyed everything and rebuild in your own image.
1: Oh, that sounds like way too much work. I don't want to be a deity.
2: <laughs> yeah, John. Right. John's a lazy, lazy man. He's not coming back down to rebuild. <laughs>
1: not at all. Yeah,
2: all right. What'd y'all pick?
1: I went with Solitude to continue my theme. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Jeez>, Jesus, John.
1: <laughs> Just some peace and quiet. Um, uh, uh, I can't wait. I think I have, like, another 25 years before I can get away with this, but... I'm just going to be rocking in front of my house yelling at kids to get off my lawn. Just spraying them with the hose, you know? I just want to be left alone.
2: (laughs) I'm going to be honest, John. You can do that right now, man. You don't have to wait 25 years. Yeah, instead of being Uh, old
0: man John, you can just be man John who sprays kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's great. No, you can do that... When you're old, because they don't call the cops, you're just like, uh, that's just an old man being old. <laughs> but if you're my age, they they do not. You don't have that
2: justification. This is Texas. It's your property. You can spray anybody you want with a hose, sir. True. True <laughs> point. <laughs> I just went with peace. I figure, you know, hey, we gotta we gotta do this thing. Might as well be as peaceful as possible about it.
0: All right. Well, that's very noble of you, Garrett. I try. I try. Last question or not? Uh, pick a color. <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation point. Uh, We've got red, green, orange, purple, black, gold, blue, and brown. I went orange.
1: I went red. Okay.
0: Okay. My color, my favorite color is green. So I went with green. I dig it. Oh, okay. I misspoke. Sorry. One more to go. This is the last question. Uh, Why would you destroy a city? Just to watch it burn for justice. The city was corrupt and unbalanced. I would never destroy a city. Too many innocent lives. So that my own city could prosper without competition, in order to save my family and friends, I would do it, only if it got in the way of me having a good time, to build a far more technically advanced civilization. If it were the correct moral and political move, I would make it so. Alright. I went for justice. The city was corrupt and unbalanced. I am going to pull a Sodom and Gomorrah, all you frickin' harlots out there doing your nasty business. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
2: But no, I did choose that one. I picked the, uh, I would do it if it was the the moral and right thing to do. Okay. Well, this will reveal what kaiju you are. Garrett, what'd you get? I, You know, surprisingly, I did not think I was going to get this. I got King Kong.
1: Nice. Good win.
0: Now, how many times did you take this quiz to make sure you went down that path to get the monkey man himself?
2: <laughs> I honestly didn't think that was going to happen.
0: You got the gorilla. Uh, John, what'd you get? Donkey
2: Kong?
1: Oh, if only. I got Rodan. Oh. And based on the description they wrote for Rodan, I think the person who created this uh, quiz it also got Rodan. Or Rodan is their favorite person because they lay it on thick here when they describe Rodan.
0: Well, they do give a pretty good description too. So I got Mechagodzilla, which I'm perfectly happy with. He's a great character in the Godzilla universe. Uh, It says, resourceful and tech savvy, you are a product of the modern age, you treat technology as an extension of yourself and aren't afraid to admit just how advanced you are. I always say that about myself, guys, I don't know if you know that, I'm just (laughs) afraid to admit it. Um, Yet, no matter how hard you try to fight it, you always feel like someone trapped in another person's body, or an alien trapped in a giant mechanical monsters, to be exact. And that is how I live my life.
2: Jesus, that's (laughs) deep as hell.
1: Yeah, I won't read this whole thing, but I think the first paragraph does sum me up, or sentence. uh, A drifter and a loner, you're the definition of cool and absolutely ooze charisma. Nailed it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of Godzilla movies, and as much as I like Rodan, I can't say I ever would have said he oozed charisma.
1: (laughs) It, uh, yeah, well, that's why you don't make these quizzes, Mark. You don't have that level of knowledge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not quite there yet. Hey all you creatures from cyberspace, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, how we doing today?
1: Uh, I'm doing alright, Mark. Yeah, why not? You know, sun shining, I'm above ground, what more could I ask for?
0: The better option is to be above ground, yes, Um. so glad you're still with us. Taking taking jabs at the mole people. I like it.
1: <laughs> and the lizard people. Can't forget them. They get very offended if you, you don't mention them.
0: Are they below ground? I thought they were in the White House or in, you know, whatever random place that you don't like.
1: But their core, the Lizard People City, Lizardopolis, is in the center of the earth.
0: <laughs> oh, right. Lizardopolis. I forgot. Yeah.
1: Okay. I know. It happens to the best of us. No worries. Well,
2: what have you guys been up to since last time? I've been desperately trying to get my shutter account reactivated so I can watch this fucking amityville 1992 it's about time movie shutter if you're listening hit me up reactivated yeah i um so i had the um i tried to resubscribe to uh shutter and like everything looked like it went through but then it was like oh sign up and i was like oh well i've already signed up so i tried to re-sign up and um they're like oh we're requiring everyone to change their password so i tried to change my password and their website won't send me the link and so i like opened a ticket with them and they haven't responded yet so come on shutter I want to watch your movies. Yeah. Let's go. I did
0: watch that movie. And who boy, that one's bad. <laughs> yeah. Man, is it bad. I
1: can't I can't wait. I'm so excited. I think when you finally do get to watch it, Garrett, we we have a quickie. We got we, we gotta talk about this movie as a team because there's a lot to unpack.
2: All right. I'm I'm definitely in. As soon as I as soon as I get this shutter account thing fixed, I'm gonna basically be on it. Yeah,
0: that sounds good. Uh John you watch anything?
1: Sadly no. Well, let me take that back. No horror movies. I did rewatch Beastmaster uh cuz it's on Amazon <laughs> Prime I think. The way you said that Beastmaster? <laughs> <laughs> uh it's I I watched it as a kid so there's a lot of nostalgia there but boy that is not a good movie.
0: Well, if you really need a connection to the horror verse, uh, the director, Don Coscarelli, directed the Beastmaster. If you remember, he's the guy that did the Phantasm
1: movie. Uh, I I was picking up Phantasm in the Beastmaster. I'm going to lie and say that. Yeah, I was seeing total (laughs) hints of it.
0: <laughs> I probably haven't watched a Beastmaster in over 20 years, John. So you're telling me <laughs> that the knockoff Conan the Barbarian movie that is, a, he can speak to animals and he's got, what is it, tigers or cheetahs or something? It's,
1: uh, that oh. one
0: doesn't hold up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know, hard to believe. He also, I, I, what are those animals called? Otters? I think he has otters. I don't even know. What, I'm so bad with animals. Ferrets. They're ferrets. Ferrets. <laughs> otters. I need that. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, you get <laughs> you, you get that thing that uh, you can pull a cord and it spins an arrow and it shows you different animals. It's like the chicken goes cluck. I need one of those apparently because I forgot all my animals. <laughs> a see
2: and say. You need a you need a beast master and <laughs> say
1: yeah because I don't know what ferrets are apparently yeah you know and that part was cool but like one movie way too long uh and everything about it is just not good
0: well John how does the otter go
1: oh I bet they chirp they, they seem like a chirping animal
2: <laughs> like a cricket welcome back to animal talk
1: <laughs> no like you ever you know when you have a cat and the cat is like in its hunting mode and it makes those weird chirp sounds like that
0: Nanny! I don't have a cat. No, I don't know anything about cats, John. I'm allergic. So if they chirp, that's news to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Big cat. It's surprising the first time you get a cat and you hear a chirp. You're like, what are you, a parakeet?
0: The speak and spell or the whatever they call that machine that spins. Does it go? The cat goes chirp?
1: <laughs> no, I believe it. I've, no the, that's what's so tricky. The, that leans very heavily on the meows does not talk about the chirps at all
0: what are we omitting from history
2: here the big chirpers of the world will never know the kids don't know that's just that's just a byproduct of big feline what can you do
1: i'm so sure we aged ourselves i am like positive kids these days have something digital and fancy and not just like a string and an arrow but that's what we had growing up y'all it's called google <laughs> yeah
0: well it sounds like there's stuff us old timers need to get in tune with The kids know all about the chirping cats.
1: Oh, the chirps,
2: the sweeps, the bleeps, the whole thing. This sounds like a conspiracy theory podcast at this point, you guys.
0: (laughs) We're funded by QAnon. I don't know if anybody knows that. Um, Oh, God, we are not. That's true. I lied. Anyway, (laughs) let's get into today's movie, unless you guys got anything else you want to talk about? Any other animal sounds?
1: (laughs) No. Speaking of animal sounds... Let's talk about the sounds this animal makes.
0: How does the Godzilla go?
1: Arr, I was a pirate. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Godzilla the swashbuckler looking for one-eyed Willie's treasure here. Uh, we're talking about Shin Godzilla from 2016. Uh, this one was directed by the Evangelion creator, I believe, Hideki Anno. I'm only familiar with Evangelion by name. I tried to watch it back in high school. And I found the main protagonist to be a whiny little bitch. So I never actually finished the series. You guys have both seen that uh, anime, right?
1: Yes. He is a whiny little bitch. That was a, you you picked up on that right away.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. I got that right. Okay. Good to know.
2: But that is his character arc, the arc though, because of the end when he finally accepts his fate. Like that's what's such like the juxtaposition though. True.
1: Okay. So
2: should I give it another try?
1: I I really liked it. But it's so confusing.
2: I will say this. It depends on how you want to go into it. The, the series um, is 24 episodes long. I, I feel that it's a commitment. I really enjoy it. I think it's worth the time. The The ending situation is going to confuse the hell out of you, I think, with the three different endings. But they also just recently um, re, are redoing the series with like more modern animation. They've changed the story a little bit. Um, and they're full-length movies. There's going to be four full-length movies. Uh, three of them are already out, and the fourth one, I believe, is in production still, or something like that. But um, if you're looking for a, see, I don't think the movies are as the new movies are as good as the original series, but they are pretty awesome in their own right. So it really just depends. If you decide to go down this rabbit hole, let me know. I'll get you taken care of.
0: Okay. I feel like I remember hearing something. The effect of the uh, uh, Hideki actually. Wrote the story one way because fans wanted it to go another way or something like that?
2: Okay, so here's what happened. He wrote this series. The series ended. The fans were like, oh, hell no. That's not the ending we wanted. That's not what we wanted at all. And they went fucking crazy. And so he was like, fine. Okay. So he goes back and he rewrites the ending. And then they still complain, and he's st- they're still like, no, that's not the ending, blah, 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 blah. And then he finally is like, okay, fine. I'm redoing it a third time, and he just fucking kills everybody. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's where he's just like, fuck you. Boop, and just <laughs> ends it all.
0: You know, fandom can get pretty bad, we've seen with Star Wars and all kinds of things over the years. Keep that shit in check and leave the creators alone, guys. It's fun to enjoy stuff, but there is a line, and don't cross it, okay? Leave the real world people alone. Yeah,
2: this PSA brought to you by Mark. That's right.
0: Now, um, I'm going to go ahead and just say up front, guys, this is Shin Godzilla from Toho Studios. This is not the universal market. So I think we need to go ahead and and uh, run up our white flags here between our Kong and Godzilla debate, fight, fist the cuffs, whatever you want to call it. This isn't the same Godzilla. This isn't the one that we're going to see battle it out next year. So... Leave your monkey, your Kong love on that side of the aisle. And let's just see if we can focus in on this movie as a standalone product. Do you agree?
2: That sounds like someone who knows that King Kong's better than Godzilla would
0: say. No, that's no omission on my part, not at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're seeding the battleground, sure, I'll let you quit. That's fine.
2: <laughs> no, no, th- this is definitely this is definitely a standalone film that has nothing to do with that um, that cinematic universe. So yeah, no, I'm I'm well aware. I'm gonna I'm gonna judge this based off just a Godzilla film.
0: That's what I'm asking for. All right, so. Uh, Shin Godzilla, if the listener doesn't know, this is basically a reinterpretation of the original 1954 Godzilla for modern audiences. Uh, It's probably the first time since 1985's Godzilla that I can recall Godzilla not versing anybody. Uh, This film is strictly a standalone Godzilla film where he's back to his terrifying nature, um he's not the savior of humanity versus planet x or any of that stuff the shoah and the heisei route went down this is a complete reboot that uh this movie is just building off of social fears and anxieties that have been occurring at the time and i 100 percent love this movie and in fact this is probably my favorite godzilla movie of all time. And I've watched it twice now and, and it re that fact for me. And that's not to take away from the other stuff. I, you know, I love me some cheesy ass Godzilla fighting giant lobsters in the water. I love myself some Mecha Godzilla and some alien mind control and all that stuff is a lot of fun. But this one, eh, man, this one is just in its own league in my opinion. Um, what did you guys
2: think of this movie? John, why don't you start us off? Cause I've got things to say.
1: I haven't seen a lot of Godzilla movies, you know. I've seen the 1998 one, the most recent one, or two. So I don't have a lot to compare it against. But yeah, this I really enjoyed it. I think there were... It was a little too long. The third act stretched on for a bit. And I know that I guess they were trying to let the movie breathe, but it I think it sucked the pacing out of it some. But overall, I enjoyed it, and I had a good time watching it. Uh, it felt like West Wing Japan. So that was cool because I loved the show West Wing. So I was like, "Oh, I'm getting to feel how Japan's uh, politicians work."
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Man, I really, really wanted to like this movie more. Uh, based off your recommendation and the fact that you told me this was your, your like one of your new favorite Godzilla films, like I was like, "Holy shit, this is this is going to be incredible!" Like, this has got to be next level and. I know I, I knew that this was a reinterpretation of the original concept, so I didn't expect it to be like you know the standard Godzilla. I found this movie extremely boring, and I'm not happy about that. Like I wish I found it more engaging. It, it had a lot of character development, which I appreciate, but out of a, out of a one fifty eight well an hour and fifty eight minute runtime. To have literally maybe like 15 minutes of Godzilla, maybe 20 minutes of Godzilla just seemed excessively small to have, you know, and some of the stuff he did was dope. I mean, the, the, the photon lasers out of his, um, whatever they're called, the back spikes, uh, I don't know call them fins, but I think back spikes okay <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, I liked i liked a fair bit of what it was i liked the fact that he could evolve into different forms you know that was that was a pretty interesting take and stuff like that but yeah this was um oh this was a slog for me and like i think i would have loved this movie if it was a tight 130 but man that 20 plus extra minutes of just like walking i mean it's like if you took out like all the interesting stuff out of like lord of the rings and just watched the hobbits walking for like two hours that's about what it felt like to me at times
1: even the trees walk in that movie
2: (laughs) i mean and the thing is is like there's a great movie here there really is and from what i saw it wasn't my jam but i can completely get behind the this concept but man it just did nothing for me i i I don't know. It's hard for me to put into words exactly because I just feel I feel let down by it. I feel like I've let myself down by not being able to like be as into this movie as I want to be. I'm not disappointed
0: in Godzilla. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's kind of, but I am kind of disappointed in the movie because like I, I get what they were going with. I was really worried because the first scene on that boat is found footage style. And I was like, if this whole fucking movie is a found footage Godzilla film, it's like, we've already seen that. It's called Cloverfield. But um no, I mean there was some concepts in this that I thought were great. I love the slow moving aspect of of Godzilla, but again, out of the out of the twenty minutes of Godzilla, five to eight minutes of that is him just slow walking, not doing a damn thing, and just watching people panic, which I know is part of the the formula, but. I don't know.
1: I liked that. That part I was like some of the strongest parts of the movie to me. Just the inevitability of Godzilla and like the terror he was causing as he... Just the sheer act of his existence almost... Um, I will say I don't think there was any character development. There was a lot of characters But essentially every character at the beginning of the film is the same at the end of the film yeah. They needed to trim that cast I don't know who and it did this really annoying thing where every piece of equipment every location Every character had some blurb on the screen about what it was or where it was and I was having a real hard time reading all of that
0: Okay Well, before we get too deep into it, let's get some of this stuff out of the way. So again, this was directed by uh, Hideki Ano. This one stars Hiroki Hasegawa as Rando Yaguchi, Yutaka Takanochi as Hideki Akasaka, Satomi Ishihara as Kayoko Ann Patterson, Ren Asuji as Prime Minister Seiji Okochi, Akira Moto as Ryuta Azuma. This one's sitting at an 86% out of Rotten Tomatoes with the critics and a 74% with the audience. Here's what the back of the Blu-ray has to say about this movie. From the mind behind evangelion comes a hit larger than life when a massive guild monster emerges from the deep and tears through the city the government scrambles to save its citizens a ragtag team of volunteers cut through a web of red tape to uncover the monster's weakness and its mysterious ties to a foreign superpower but time is not on their side the greatest catastrophe to ever befall the world is about to evolve right before their very eyes so the budget of this one was $15 million, and it made $155 million. It is the most successful Godzilla movie of all time. That's what's up. So it truly is the king of monsters.
1: <laughs> well, let's not get carried away, but it's the king of Godzilla movies.
0: <laughs> I'm not getting carried away, but that's not here. That's for later. Yeah. Just to, uh, So let's get into this a little bit further. Let's start off with Godzilla runtime, right? One of our biggest issues with 2014 was, in fact, how little screen time Godzilla had in his own titular movie now this movie has probably double that of 2014 uh i think garrett's got it almost right it's like 15 or 17 minutes godzilla is actually on film in the 2014 brian cranston one we reviewed way back in the day he was only on screen to eight or nine minutes additionally godzilla is in full light the majority of the time you see him he's in full screen there's no cutaways it's not extreme close-ups And um, as you guys have mentioned, he's like saundering through the city. Um, I actually love almost every shot that they have him in, kind of off in the distance, coming to town. Um, And then there's also some really great night shots. Garrett, seeing that you didn't enjoy this movie as much as me and John, um, do you feel that it is at least better than that
2: 2014 film? Uh, Controversial statement, yes and no. Um, I, to your point, I love the fact that God uh, Shin God. I'm gonna refer him as Shin Godzilla when we're talking about the, the current movie. That way there's no confusion. Sure. Shin Godzilla, he was in full sight the way he slowly, like, you know, is just like gradually getting closer to things, you know, that, that impending doom was fantastic. I loved it. The problem is though, is that like you get that feel pretty easy. And it would be interesting to see things more, like, as he moves some, like, not tidal waves, but some very large waves crashing. Again, there's there's um, there's a lot of, like, oh, my God, this is coming, but there's not a lot of, like, surrounding effects to that, which I thought was kind of, like, just watching people run away, I was like, okay, we got that. And it happens so frequently in this movie that it's like, okay, no, we got it. Like, we, we get it. This is terrifying. We don't need to keep driving home, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's like, so to that degree, I loved it. The fact that like seeing him in broad daylight, seeing him move slowly, he's not jumping around. He's not like parkouring across, you know, Japan. So like, okay, cool. I'm definitely down with that. Um, at least in the other Godzilla, the, the 2014 Godzilla, we had other bugs and Kaiju to deal with while we weren't getting Godzilla. And while, we all, I think, kind of agree that that the bug subplot of the 2014 Godzilla was just trash. At least there was some other shit going on with this. It's like, man, impending. Now we're gonna go talk for uh, 25 to 35 minutes. I mean, I remember at one point I like paused it and then ran my thumb across the um the the scrubber to see how far it would be between shots of Godzilla and there was like a 35 minute section where I was just like wow not even like he's still walking towards town he's almost there we're gonna go 35 minutes and not even like cut back or deal with it I mean I don't know it's just so it's there it's so well done but it's implemented so sparsely and I want to say kind of poorly that it just I, I would forget I'd be like oh yeah oh yeah he's he there he is He's still coming and not until like he still does the, like the photon laser shit and blows fire, which by the way, coolest Godzilla effect he's ever done. Like the way he blows that fire in uh, Tokyo, coolest thing they've ever done with him. Um, but yeah, up until those points, I was just kind of like, but and, and again though, and I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's just me or if other people felt this way, but man, at, a, at 157, you should have had more Godzilla. Even if he wasn't like going nuts and destroying things, we should have had more. When you see people interacting around him, they're not looking up. They're not pointing at him, They're not freaking out. They're just like quickly hurrying from one place to the other. They're in panic. But like, it just seemed like it was like, all right, everybody run. We'll, we'll put them in later. We'll put, we'll add him post, which I know is what they do. But still, it just seemed, it was a lot of disconnect for me.
0: And let me, let me see if I can uh, just say a couple of things that might help you out here. Um, so, a lot of the slow uh, sauntering through the town, like he's still causing destruction, right? It's not like he's off in the fields. You know, as soon as he comes ashore in Japan, uh, like, minute. 10 in the movie or whatever you know when he finally gets on on shore they show all this scene it was
1: like eight minutes in I wrote it down because I was like yeah we're getting Godzilla right away this movie love it
0: yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of those shots are actually reshot from the original 1954 they went to those locations and refilmed them for this movie Um, you see that even his slow walking through the city is causing massive destruction. I mean, this is the biggest Godzilla has ever been in his cinematic history. So him just like even walking is just causing miles of destruction as he slowly walks through. And some fantastic shots of that, especially Mm -hmm. one scene at nighttime, you just see where he walked through. There's fires everywhere and smoke everywhere. Like some of those shots, man, are just completely gorgeous. So yes, while he's not like... It's not his most active, right? It's not like he's jumping around and doing like fight scenes and stuff like that. But he's still causing massive destruction. And one thing about this movie that I think is so clever is that this movie starts off immediately into the disaster, right? If this was American movie, We would have got a buildup of, hey, here's character for you to fucking get get to know. Let's talk about their family life. Oh, he's a divorcee. He wants to be an astronaut. (laughs) You know what I mean? There is, like to John's point, I don't think there's any character development in this movie outside of what their role is in the government. And I think that is super awesome because I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that's done something like that. Just to give you a comparison, right, let's talk about the one that this movie most reminded me of in American cinema is Roland Emmerich's Independence Day. I'm sorry, what? This movie is structured like ID4.
1: I'd agree with that. Yeah.
0: This independent uh, disaster that's coming its way to Japan, and we're watching this government try to deal with it. And that is the bulk of this movie, right? So all that stuff where there's no Godzilla on screen, we're watching the government decide how to tackle this problem they've never been up against before.
1: And I I think one thing I liked a lot about this is, unlike the American movies, when Godzilla isn't on screen, they're still talking about Godzilla. Like Mark said, it's not like they're talking about their past relationships or all this other bullshit I don't care about. It is either we're seeing Godzilla or we're hearing about Godzilla. And so he, you know... It is Godzilla a boy? Did they ever say? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh it is always front and center of its own film and I appreciate that even if you know
2: Godzilla's not always on screen. Oh yeah, no you're absolutely right. The fact that the fact that he was like there was there's nothing else to be concerned with except for this giant kaiju that's in town. Like that was great. I mean again, there's a lot of like really positive things in this movie and I feel like that's why I'm so let down about it is i'm like man it's it's got all these positive things and it just did not hit for me and i i don't know i I guess i'm being too hard on myself for not enjoying it as much as i think i should have
0: I, i think there's a a good swath of people that don't like it either so it's not like you're alone in that belief i think what you really need to do is if you're watching this godzilla movie you need to consider it a disaster film um don't think of it as a giant monster movie because it's it is but it isn't right It's it's more in line with like like I said, like Independence Day or Day After Tomorrow or 2012 or you know what I mean? It's 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 a a societal
2: people having to resolve a crisis. I really dislike those kind of movies, too. So maybe that's why.
1: Yeah, I was about to say maybe that's why I like this movie so much, because historically I don't like monster movies like giant monster movies. But I like this one. I love every one of those movies you just listed i like geostorm sign me up <laughs> love it what oh the er-
0: oh god geostorm <laughs> is such a.
2: geostorm
1: show. <laughs> the oh the center of the earth is cooling well we got to solve that problem somehow like love all of those types of films uh and i like this movie i yes i 100 percent agree mark this is a disaster film
0: so again like if this was made in America, we would have gotten Will Smith trying to apply and go to NASA. You know what I mean? Like we would have all this character stuff. Yep, I'm in. This movie just shears that away. And the whole point of this movie is to focus on the problem and let's get it solved. One other thing to really take into consideration is the, uh, the social commentary that this movie is actually built upon, right? So this movie was built kind of in response to the Fukushima nuclear disaster that happened in 2011. When that occurred, you know there was an earthquake. Three nuclear reactors went on meltdown. There was a tsunami. It was crazy, and a lot of the people felt that the government's uh, response to that was lacking majorly. And that's a, a big part of this movie is we're watching this government fail at stopping the monster Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, at at multiple points in the movie, and we're watching just how bad a government can actually handle this stuff. Now, I don't know if the government is necessarily like in the wrong because they've never dealt with a giant Godzilla before. You know what I mean? But you see all the red tape and like the back of the box said it's all about and i think there's actually some comedic elements in that right when they go from boardroom to boardroom to boardroom and they go prime minister what do you want to do and like seven people have to relay the message when the prime minister's sitting at the end of the table you know what i mean like <laughs> all this judiciary and political shit that has to be done for action to happen to respond to these things while destruction's happening in the city i think this represents it so well and for me in the era of covid and how bad the US government has fumbled the ball on this stuff, it hit me harder probably than it would have in 2016 when this movie came out.
1: Yeah. I, I, so to take it back a little bit to earlier in your statement, this movie is super funny. I laughed so many times. I think my, like, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when the prime minister is like, yeah, we talked to our experts, Godzilla, no way, can't come on land. He would just crush into goo and die. And then the guy walks up and he's like, pss, pss, pss. Okay, turns out he's on land. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, he's like, I repeat, there is no problem here. If he comes ashore, he'll break his own <laughs> legs under his own weight, and he'll die on shore. And this is like he's giving a a, a speech at a podium to like the TV stations. Right, the guy comes up, and he's like, whisper, 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 and he's like,
1: oh, what?
0: He's <laughs> already here.
1: Yeah, and also they did the thing that they do, like, and I guess it makes sense because this guy directed anime. They use that anime technique of showing people's faces and like that, re- like, kind of exaggerated reaction really well I, you never see that in american movies and it it's worked so well here and the prime minister he is such a great facial actor like he is able to make faces that i was like that's perfect yeah he
2: really was that was actually you're right that's that's a very anime stylistic thing that was again there's oh and there, there are a lot of good points about this movie and let, let's let's get into those because i want to talk about the stuff that like i did really enjoy i don't want to sound like i'm shitting on this film but um Like we have to admit, and Mark, maybe you can confirm this or not. Did they use the original Godzilla roar? Because it sounded like the original Godzilla roar.
0: Yes, they absolutely did. They used the original uh, roar from Godzilla. A lot of the tanks and the gunfire, a lot of the sound effects are reused from previous films. Um, Also, this soundtrack Man, I love this soundtrack. I bought it on iTunes immediately after the movie. It's a mixture of some of the old Godzilla songs, uh, definitely his theme song. When he comes ashore for the first time, you're getting that original Godzilla theme song. Also mixed in some Evangelion tunes, if I'm not mistaken, which was an interesting choice.
2: Yeah, there was a couple in there that I was was like, either this is exactly the song, this, this is exactly from Evangelion, or this is just a very close mix because, but again, yeah, you're right. The um, the, the, I did notice that he had his original theme when he was like first showing up and I was like, okay, that's pretty cool.
0: And just to touch a little bit on remakes, this is something that I think they need to focus in on more. When they remake this movies, a lot of times the original audio, a lot of the soundtrack elements are like thrown aside for brand new people to come in and do whatever they want. It's like, look, I, I understand where you guys want to make it your own thing, but a lot of the identity of these properties are in the music and their and their themes as well. I think, uh, you know, so I, I really appreciate them doing that here. So um, something also to consider is that since 1947, Japan has been forbidden to have a standing military. It's actually article 9 of their constitution after they lost World War II. They're only allowed to have a uh, a defense
1: self-defense force, SDF.
0: You got it. And so there's a lot of this in the movie. You're going to see, well what is America going to let us do? Are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to do that? You know, it's a lot of this back and forth of what is our allowed response to this monster coming on land. So that just really plays into a lot of the layers of of those boardroom scenes. As of 2001, the only really conflict they got into was sinking a North Korea spy ship. And that was the first thing that they had done since the World Wars. So I, I, don't, I don't know what, what that would feel like, being in a country where your military has been absolutely neutered for, fuck, how long has it been, dude, 80 years?
1: Yeah. That's got to be weird. That was like one of my notes that was so interesting is how, and I really liked it because it felt so believable, like how hesitant they were to use military force, right? They, to your point, they haven't done this. They don't do this. And like in American movies, it's like we're 12 minutes in and the F-22 Raptors are flying by. Like we waste no time in our movies to jump straight to the killing. But in in this movie, like they approached it with such a seriousness that I really appreciate appreciated and felt like this is how I want people to approach, you know, having to commit violence.
0: Yeah. It, to the point where we'll, uh, there's a scene where they're about to enact their first, you know, a defense against Godzilla. And then they immediately call it off. Cause there's like one person walking on a crosswalk and is like, we're not going to endanger any human lives here. And it's a, it's a decision that ultimately results in way more destruction you know? Yeah. Um, and that's another thing too. The prime minister is just always like on the verge of freaking out. Like he does not know how to handle this situation because they've had no military. They've never had to have any conflict beyond, you know, self-defense. So, um, these are these are these are things that I think make this movie so clever. To
1: your point about this movie hitting differently, that was the least plausible part of this movie in twenty eighteen was that America was gonna lead some sort of globally united coalition. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, I I more believe Godzilla's walking out of fucking Tokyo Bay than the president's gonna be able to gather the bunch of countries together. But on the flip side, the most believable thing is that our best idea was, I don't know, let's nuke it. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, you're right. Okay, so the movie kicks off immediately with this disaster in Tokyo Bay or wherever it is. There's like this giant pool of red and there's an, there's an empty vessel. And like Garrett said, we see this, uh, this boat is boarded. It's empty, and, but there's some notes on there. And we find out that this boat belongs to a Professor Maki and the, the government is notified of this going on. They're like, well, th- we think there's some volcanic activity out there. And also there's a, a, some sort of vent that's opened up in the earth and there's smoke plumes coming out of it. Um, let's go ahead and figure this out and we'll get it resolved by lunchtime. Um, and as this progresses, like John said earlier, you're going to see scenes of the prime minister being told information after the Experts have already declared this one way and then it turns out to be completely opposite. One of our main protagonists in here, his name is Yaguchi. He's kind of a young up and coming politician, but he's actually on the idea of like, he was watching like YouTube videos, right? Like people on the streets have actually captured some footage of stuff and he puts it together that, hey, this is actually a giant monster. You guys want to talk about that possibility? And they're like, no, no, no. Quit joking. There's no place for jokes here. We're at the, we're at the meeting table.
1: Yeah, this is minister's meeting. We're taking minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I really liked Yaguchi. I think his performance was really well done. And the portrayal of just the inability for the older politicians to really wrap their minds about anything, uh, any potential danger here, I thought was pretty well done.
2: So that was blood in the water when they first, like after the boat thing? Do we know why it was bleeding like that?
1: It just is a very bloody Godzilla. Like, because when you see later on, when he crawls on land, blood's just coming out of its gills. So, I think it's just a very oozy Godzilla. They don't really anything talk about it.
2: Yeah, at first I didn't even think that was Godzilla. I was like, this is another kaiju monster or something like that. And then it was like, yeah. Oh, wait, this might be Godzilla.
1: I, my notes are like, oh, I like how fast Godzilla is basically here. Uh, oh, haha, that's not Godzilla. Oh, wait, that is Godzilla. <laughs> uh, so, very confusing.
0: Right. So, one thing Godzilla has never done on screen before is go through phases of evolution. Um, so, when this creature finally gets on land it's not your uh classic Godzilla structure it's like this armless fish serpent thing with feet and it's literally pushing its body across the land and there's a great shot of like it just going downtown like downtown streets and just pushing cars out of the way they're flipping everywhere and when I say fish face like think of the dead-eyed eyes of an eel like that's literally what it looks like and it the first time I saw it I was like what is this silly googly eye thing on screen? I was like, this is off-putting and silly at the same time.
1: I wrote, "This is what it would be like if Godzilla were a Muppet." <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah, but to your point, Garrett, all the there's like red gushing out of its lungs, and I guess this is just part of the evolutionary um, transformation. Maybe you know what I mean? Like if if we if we think that this was a a, a creature. That was in the water it was exposed to some sort of radiation toxic waste which is actually what is uh, revealed later on as the government tries to figure out what's happening here is that once it gets on land it's trying to adapt to the new surrounding um so i guess that's just blood dripping everywhere as it as it turns into its next phase it's very gross
2: well, that's the thing is it looked like the blood was coagulating, becoming like crusty skin on it and stuff like that as it like evolved? And I was like, OK, I, I, I see what you're going with here. But like later on, they use like a coagulant in it. And I'm like, wait, is this just like a blood monster? Like what the shit is going on? Because the thing is, if anything's losing that much blood, it's not living for much longer. I'm sorry. It's just not going to. That thing is like like a water balloon that's been popped open.
0: It is dripping everywhere. Yeah,
2: it was. Just, yeah. And you know, to your point, it. It looked goofy. I was like, "Oh God, I hope this isn't it." And then, like as it kind of evolved, I was like, "Okay, I see what we're I see what we're going for here. I see what we're doing." But I don't know, like the design. Let's talk about the design of Godzilla. Did you guys like this new design of the evolutions?
0: I feel like it was it was a fair assessment. Like if you consider if you started out with like say a moray eel or something like that, and let's just go ahead and morph it. That, you know stuff that would normally take millions of years to evolve i feel like we might get a creature that looks something like this
1: yeah i i liked its look i don't know that it's any more realistic than the other godzilla but i uh i thought wow this is like really gross and awesome so yes i did i also liked it's like it had like two mouths it, everything about it was awesome i actually really like this look i wish i hope we see it again
2: Interesting. Yeah. I, there was parts of it. I I liked, I liked the, the detachable like mandibles and stuff like that. They kind of opened up into like that big crazy mouth. Um, I thought his little like carnitore arms for all my dino heads out there looked pretty dumb on his like third evolution. I was like, Oh my God, seriously. like He's like, it looks like he should be holding a lunch tray the entire time. Um, the, the googly eyes were pretty off-putting. I mean, there, there's there's parts of it that I'm like, okay, cool. I kind of liked the fact that its skin looked like it was just like hardened blood and like, you know, things like that to kind of like, you can kind of see in between it and stuff like that. I like the fact that it kind of breathed through those like cracks in its back. But I mean, again, there was just, uh, there was parts of it that I was like, why? Like the tail also really kind of weirded me out. The fact that it was like, twice as long as his body, I was like, okay, I, I know that sometimes tails could be that long, but he's not needing that at this point.
0: Well, uh, you know, again, if you think of like a sea life creature evolving, it probably might have another evolution down the road where it needs actual arms. But, you know, I, I, I didn't have a problem with the arms. I actually liked that they were smaller because it's like, there's no way that's a man in a rubber suit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know? Like
0: If that was a man in a rubber suit, those those arms would be down to his waist, and he'd be able to scratch his knees. But not this Godzilla.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I concur. Uh, I, and the tail was weird. It was, but it was so gross, and I think that worked. Uh, I figured it was so long because it had to be heavy to like count. Ca- I counterbalance Godzilla. I thought like maybe if he didn't have the tail, he'd just fall on his uh goofy little face. Well, yeah, I mean, I
2: thought that too. But then if you look at the tail, like if the base of it like on to touching the ground, like to the point where it actually would counterbalance is, um, is about the right length of a, of a tail for an animal that would have to hold itself upright. The only the problem is, is the rest of the tail is up in the air flipping around and like being upright. So it's not actually causing, it's not actually creating counterweight and in actuality, it could be creating like opposing forces that could tip him or I don't, I don't know from a design perspective. I was like, eh, it's a bit much, and then to kind of see what they did with it at the end, I was like, okay, I get it. That's pretty cool. But um, I don't know. It was it was a very unique, interesting take. And I appreciated the fact that they tried something different. I thought that was pretty cool. But there was times I was like, this looks goofy as hell.
0: For me personally, I think this is the, one of the more disturbing uh, portrayals of Godzilla I've ever seen. Um, so I, I definitely appreciated the new look. Um, not to say I don't love the original, obviously I do, but um, yeah, just something wildly different from what I'm used to. So as the government is trying to figure out exactly how to deal with the creature, um, as John stated, uh, there was a scene where the, the prime minister's like, don't worry, it's, it's going to come ashore and kill itself. Well, immediately that's proven wrong. And they're like, oh, Yaguchi's uh, idea of it being a sea monster is actually true, right? Um, so they task Yaguchi with getting all these uh, um, these people in to make a task force to deal with it. So a lot of the people that are joining this task force, it says like, oh, these are the political miscreants, the people that they're not into the line of succession or might they might have different ideas. And Yaguchi puts all these people together to really try to determine how is this creature able to do this? What is happening and how we defeat him, right? And they, they determine pretty quickly and is also a source of good comedy as well as like, well, what if he's nuclear? And this guy's like, uh, that's funny. And then there's a scene of him freaking out like five minutes later, like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> you know, I just found the evidence. <laughs> yeah. So what one of the things that they land on, they're like, OK, so he's a nuclear reactor inside of himself. Somehow he's uh, creating all this energy and how are we going to stop them? And they decide on what we're going to do then is try to create some sort of um, coagulant that will interact with his blood, cool him down until he stops. Right? So that's the, the main arching goal of this is for this team to figure out more or less how to shut down Godzilla with cold uh, and turn off his nuclear reactor. And you see that this, um, this is definitely something that's going to come up several times because as Godzilla is in his, his early forms He's causing destruction, and then all of a sudden, he flees back into the ocean. And they're like, "Well, what the hell just happened?" And they're like, "Oh, he had to go cool off. Like he was he was getting too hot for his own body uh, could handle. So he goes back into the ocean and cools off. And they're like, "Okay, uh, Godzilla's gone, and there's just a you know a little bit of breathing room for them. We did it, boys. Yeah, yeah, game over, we win. And then the next time we see him, they're like, "Oh shit, he's doubled in size." is that right? And they're like, uh, yeah, uh, now, now we got a big problem on our hands. Right. Um, so the next evolution of Godzilla goes from fish with two legs to like armless Godzilla slash fish thing. Like you're seeing the evolution of it happen, um, in rapid time. So they start putting together a defense plan. They're like, okay, let's go ahead and get some, uh, chopper action here. They're like, um, are we allowed to? And they're like, well, you know, this, this is a, I think this is, is okay because it's not an enemy. Um, I think because we can consider this a disaster and it's a, it's in our own defense, we can attack this thing first. So they, they call out and they say, get everybody evacuated out of these zones. And then we're going to fly in helicopters and we're going to shoot the shit out of them. And right when they're going to enact that plan, Like I said earlier, there's a scene where someone's crossing a crosswalk and the PM prime minister is like, no, 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 no. We're not going to lose a single human life here. They call it off. And then Godzilla immediately beelines for like downtown Tokyo and starts trashing the fuck out of it. And I'm just sitting there going, bro, you should have just had that one guy go. I'm sorry. He didn't evacuate properly. You're going to have some collateral damage. And people in the cabinet say something to that effect too. They're like, you know, you're going to lose some lives here.
1: Yeah, I... Don't have much to add except that attack helicopters are so cool. <laughs> I'm apparently a sucker for helicopters.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, it is a it is a great visual too, right? You got a line of these attack helicopters, and Godzilla's just sitting there staring at them. Like, what are we doing here?
1: I did like this movie. Like, I mean, I'm obviously not super versed in military stuff, but it felt very realistic. Like, in the sense that they were far away from Godzilla in. Most of these movies that I've seen, you know, the American ones, they're like airplanes and helicopters are like within swatting distance of Godzilla. And it's like, why would you have missiles and then go 50 feet away from Godzilla? You'd stay far away. And that's what these helicopters and, you know, do. So I was like, all right, that I dig that.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: So Godzilla goes, basically goes away again. He, like Mark said, he makes a beeline. Causes tons of destruction and then goes back in the water because he's overheating. So, the prime minister and all the government officials you know, they go toward the damage site. They start, and these are some really hard hitting shots. Like, I think they did a really good job of conveying realistically what a disaster zone looks like. Uh, kind of playing into Mark's point, this is a disaster movie. Then it's meeting, 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 uh, lots of meetings where they start talking about, all right, inevitably Godzilla is going to come back, right? So they start making plans for his return and where they're going to defend. So their plan is to defend the center of Tokyo. And one of the cabinet people are like, well, what about, you know, the city outskirts and, the uh, you know, one of the this movie has like 75 characters so it is a, <laughs> yeah. tough to keep track of everyone's names and titles but one of the other politicians is like look the outside of the city you know has a couple million people and makes 17% of our GDP but Tokyo city core makes up 25% of our GDP so we have to protect that first and like that also felt very realistic and kind of depressing Or they were basically putting the military where the money was and not necessarily where the people were. I was like, ah, that is how it works.
0: Yeah, they nailed it. I was like, oh, that's disgusting, but it's so true, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So they they get all their soldiers in place and, and the days are ticking, you know, and Godzilla's just gone. And then eventually Godzilla returns. And now he's even bigger. And I think this is where the guy's like, he's only in his fourth form I was like, oh, this is so anime. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know. He's always his power level is nine thousand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was very Evangelion. Where like basically it was like leveling up, and they're like, oh god, we've underestimated it. I was like, that's the angels from Evangelion to a T. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's totally right. Because every time they come back,
2: they're stronger. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it definitely is. You know, very Evangelion. The fact that they try different weapons, and then they like, the the next uh, angel comes back, and it has defenses against that. Um, I did appreciate the fact that, you know, the Godzilla in this leveled up, like, you know, he, he got better. He adapted. He literally was like this evolutionary thing. And that, man, I can't wait to at the end because I have a discussion slash question I want to get with you guys on. But, um, yeah, no, it was very anime. Yeah.
0: Um, before he reaches his fourth form though, we're introduced to our American diplomat counterpart. She, um, is of Japanese descent, but she grew up in America And she comes in as the ambassador to speak with Yaguchi. She's like, hey, look, let's work together. The Americans are now concerned. This is now an international issue. The UN is now considering taking control of the situation from you. But let's see if we can figure it out first. Here's some stuff we found out. There was this professor guy named Professor Maki who basically figured out this Godzilla shit was going to happen. But nobody listened to him. And in fact, he left all this like genetic code and DNA material research that he did. And we're going to go ahead and give it to you now um, and uh, with some cooperation. Um, and, and this is the first time in any Godzilla movie, at least in the uh, Toho series, that he's both called Godzilla and Gojira in the same movie. But I really like that dynamic. It's like, wait, the Americans are calling him Godzilla? Uh, what is Gojira though? And it's like, okay, like that's that was a really cool moment. I thought,
1: yeah, I agree. I like that. It's like, oh yeah, this is the DOE code name. And one, would the Department of Energy be investigating Godzilla? But I try not to hold that against them. It was Japanese screenwriters. They're you know undoubtedly not super familiar with the U.S. government. But that made me laugh.
2: Well, think about it. I mean, if it if it is nuclear or anything like that, then you know why wouldn't the Department of Energy be involved? Because wouldn't they also they would be in charge of like the Fukushima reactors and shit like that. So, I mean, wouldn't they, wouldn't you want those experts involved if it has like, you know, radioactive stuff with it? I, I I thought that kind of made sense to me. Sure. But knowing
1: America, the department of the DOD would be like the lead agency. (laughs) We put everything, everything. Can we shoot it? All right. The DOD is in charge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) You're not wrong. And also this movie just rapid fires information at you. Um, To John's point, it's a very, very fast-paced film. Um, A lot of the stuff I picked up on the second watch, I didn't quite understand the first viewing. Um, One of the things that we find out is that Professor Maki's wife was dying of cancer. Um, He also found out how to slow this nuclear reaction of Godzilla, and this was the data that he left on his ship when he went missing. Um, And basically, there was a note on top of it that said, do what you will. And he actually didn't hand it over to anybody because he was afraid, as to John's point, that it would be used for a weapon. You know what I mean? Like, this could be weaponized. It's that whole idea of, like, science is always coming up with these things that could help humanity, but somehow we always find a way to militarize it, right? So that's what this is playing on. And it turns out that that research is directly going to give us the ability to freeze Godzilla. And that data is handed over to our task force, and they're like, by Jove! We've figured it out. And there's this whole scene of like them taking his giant printed out genetic map and they fold it up like origami and they're like, okay, now it makes sense. Cause there's also all these details about like Godzilla is the most evolved creature that has ever existed in earth's history. So of course his genetic code would be miles and miles and miles long. So they actually figure out how to do like a 3d version of this code to actually figure out how to use that. Um, I forget exactly the term they they called the uh, the freezing coagulant. Yeah, the the coagulation.
2: Hi, I'm Mr. DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. But now we see version four of Godzilla. It's going to be the most Godzilla esque that you've seen, and when we get his great theme song when he comes out in this form.
1: now we get the inevitable battle between godzilla and the self-defense force and i like how they played this out i also thought this felt realistic because it was like a escalating series of things so first my favorite the attack helicopters start right and they shoot him with the machine gun no effect he's just like what are you even doing he just gets him with that bdi stare like why are you wasting my time Uh, Then they move to like, I guess, more powerful machine guns, then missiles. Then they try the airplane Then they try tanks and artillery and it all just bounces off him completely ineffectual. Godzilla just pimp walks onto shore, (laughs) destroys the whole SDF, you know, and they're like, ah, our defense perimeter is shattered. And he just walks right into the heart of Tokyo, causing tons and tons of damage. But, and maybe you picked this up on the second, like, viewing mark, or maybe they just never mention it because it's a disaster film. But where is he going? Why does he keep beelining to Tokyo?
0: Yeah, I don't think I picked up on that either, John. I don't think it's exactly said what his goal is or its goal is. Um, I think that's just kind of less left nebulous.
1: Yeah. Okay, because... For whatever reason is attracted to Tokyo and just wants to destroy it uh, and it does a good job and so it wrecks the the self-defense force and they all you know retreat and pull back and they're like okay we're gonna have to ask the Americans for help so they there there's more West Wings type information where you watch us you know the Japanese uh, politicians and the American ambassador get together and sign the paperwork and they send some B-2 bombers with like like the cave bombs that they used to drill into mountains. And they hit Godzilla with two of them. And they dig into his back and there are these huge explosions, blood goes everywhere.
2: Really awesome, like visceral scene. It was really gross. That was a really cool visual effect when they like had the bombs explode like inside. It was like, whoa, because I thought that did it. Me too. I was like, there it is right there. But
0: I also like that Godzilla has this defense mechanism that's never been seen before is when, when something destructive is going to happen around him, these like T2 liquid Terminator eye shields go up over his eyes to protect his eyes from the blast. I was like, oh, that's fucking creepy.
2: Well, some lizards have that. I think where it's like a, it's like a f- membrane that goes over their eyes to protect them during like fights and stuff like that. I mean, I, I can't remember if it's lizards or something else, but um, yeah, there's, There's something that's actually based off like a real mechanism.
1: Also, the Vulcans have two eyelids. (laughs) Nerd!
2: (laughs) That's where they're
0: pulling this info from the Trek universe. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Everybody knows that. Uh, And so those first two bombs hit, and they're like, all right, problem solved. They go to do, to bomb them again to try and, you know, kill them finally. And this is where we get. I don't know. I've only seen like four of these, but I think the most impressive atomic breath I've ever seen.
0: This has never been as cool on screen than this right here. And this is Shin Godzilla developing his new defenses against a threat that actually hurt him. And he's, he's, he's making his atomic breath for the first time, as well as his spine defenses on his back. But man, is it cool and you, you consider where we've come in the history of Godzilla. Is 1954 Godzilla, his atomic breath was just like some sort of, <laughs> it was like a spray, like you would expect to see out of a fire extinguisher, you know, 1954 tech, black and white, there was no blue atomic breath to it really. Um, but just to see where it's come in, in 60 some odd years is just incredible.
2: So like, yeah, as you said, he's, he's hunched over at this point. He opens his mouth and it looks like he starts puking. Now, is that a liquid or is that a gas that he's like kicking out of his mouth? Because it's like you see this aerial shot of it and it's like it's like like a gas bomb like exploding. And it's like you see this like stuff going down the streets and the, the 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 avenues and stuff like that, like kind of filling the streets of like Tokyo And then he just lights that shit on fire and breathes out and it all starts catching on fire. So was he shooting out a gas that he was about to light on fire or was that like a liquid like napalm type stuff that he eventually lit on fire? I interpreted
0: that as nuclear exhaust. You know what I mean? If, if, if we think about like he's got this nuclear reactor in there and once he overheats and stuff like that, I was seeing that as like an expulsion of all that heat and buildup inside of him as he's now trying to focus that into a, uh, some sort of blast. Okay. And you're right, Garrett. The this, this shot is just like a wide city shot, and you're watching that exhaust just go down all the streets of Tokyo, and you're like, holy shit, this is crazy looking. And as he figures out how to adjust that exhaust and maybe turn that into a fire, the fire then consumes the city, sets it all ablaze, Again, beautiful shot, and then he manages to hone that further into a purple plasma beam and probably the most destructive blast he's ever used in any movie. He's just like taking out buildings left and right with this thing.
2: Yeah, he becomes like, uh, um, you know those things you put in your yard that had like the little like hair hoses and you'd put the water through and they'd like <laughs> the wacky water things. They'd spray water everywhere. All over. yeah. It basically, he does that, but with like disco laser lights out of his back. I mean, it's a really cool looking effect, but I was like, what a terrible like defense mechanism. <laughs> like this is just like, it's pretty cool. Cause it is like this panic. Like anything gets near me, it gets fucked. But I was like, these are lasers. Like if that shit shoots up into the fucking like atmosphere, there's nothing stopping it. Like, he could literally shoot the moon. <laughs> like, if he blows up the moon, we are boned. Like, and that's the thing is, like, when he eventually does the 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 purple laser out of his mouth straight up in the air, I was like, if this dude fucking cuts the moon in half with a laser beam, this is the greatest anime ever made. But <laughs> uh, I mean, that doesn't happen. But yeah, no, he does, like, the crazy lasers out of his, like, back plates, And it looks amazing. But I don't know, like, it just seemed kind of, like, it was kind of cool the first time because it seemed like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. This is a defense thing. But then the second time he does does it, I was like, I don't get this. Like, I feel like, I feel like there was a very very little like direction of why he was adapting that way.
1: They explain his DNA has eight times the density of ours, and also he has like I keep saying he it has like a radar, so it can detect threats. So it, it auto-shoots these lasers targeted at things it considers a threat.
2: Okay, so it is like just a straight-up, like, defense mechanism. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, there's a scene where the the scientists are talking about it, and they're like, he's got an internal radar. Like, he knows when stuff's coming up on him.
2: Like a spider sense.
0: And we can call him him or it, John, because he has a son in the old Showa series, right? So he's he is a he. All right. Um, <laughs> this one, may maybe not so, right, because of what happens later. Um, but... Yeah, they say he's got an internal radar and they the America sends out the 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 stealth bombers and he fucking takes them out. He's like, I know where your shit is. I got you now. You blasted me in the back, you hurt me real bad, and I've now developed a new defense against that. Yeah. That's why their final plan to take him out, they actually take that into account so we actually outsmart Godzilla and can stop it.
1: That's right. The power of thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> the power of thumbs. <laughs> uh so th- This atomic breath, I mean, destroys Tokyo, like Mark said. I mean, we see it leveling just dozens and dozens of buildings. And because the the self-defense force couldn't stop uh, Godzilla, they were evacuating the prime minister. And so we see the laser destroy his helicopter, right? And so the whole Japanese government's destroyed, Tokyo's destroyed, the U.S. Air Force, you know, that was helping, gone uh, and then Godzilla just sort of powers down. And it's like, all right, I'm tired. I need a rest. Yeah. And Godzilla takes a nap while the rest of Japan now tries to recover.
0: Purple laser blast, I guess, used up all of the remaining energy he had. So he's his body just kind of shuts down. His eye covers go up and he's going to recharge. Yeah. I think they say something like 18 days or something like that, right? I don't know how they figured that out. But they're like, okay, we got some time here. Let's recoup and
2: replan.
1: And so then the movie switches back to Japan West Wing and we find out like the rest of the globe is stressed now and the UN voted to take over and Japan has no choice, you know, but to agree and America's going to lead the coalition and they're going to destroy this thing. And the, you know, the prime minister now is like the, was the like secretary of agriculture and he was like man, I knew being the prime minister would suck because he does not want this job. Apparently it was like forced upon him. And so he signs off like, okay, fine. Japan will follow whatever America says. And then we're like, all right, boys, we're nuking them. And then there's a lot of discussion, like are we really going to let America nuke us again? Like that's really messed up. Uh, And I liked all of those scenes. It felt really sincere, right? They're like, okay, we have to kill Godzilla. We need to work with the international community so we can rebuild Tokyo, but also, you know, we don't want to be nuked. And how do we balance those three things? Cause we don't
2: want to be nuked. That's, that's sums it up perfectly. Yeah. No, those are actually were really interesting. Like scenes, like the, again, there's a lot of like good meat in between like the Godzilla stuff, but man, it just was so weirdly balanced.
0: Another level on top of this stuff that makes me think this movie is so clever is you're right, John. It's like Japan is concerned about it's, international image right they're like no we got this we don't want you guys to come in and fucking clean this up this is in our backyard we're gonna do this and 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 i think that is really well done and a little more bit of levity in that scene with the new acting prime minister is after he's being forced to make all these decisions and he's like uh you know really nervous about it finally the cabinet leaves and he goes down to eat his like ramen or whatever and he's like oh my noodles are soggy <laughs> i knew this job was gonna be hard <laughs> I was like, jesus Christ. Oh,
1: yeah that totally made me laugh uh he did a good job of portraying someone just so over their head like he's like i don't know what i'm doing i don't want this job I was forced because someone had to do it like just make me make it all stop is basically like his approach to it yeah definitely so
0: during this state of uh, a hibernation that Godzilla goes into, we see a couple of things occur. Um, There is a scene inside, and I don't know if you guys caught this on your first viewing because I didn't quite catch it, is that they realize that the next phase of this Godzilla evolution is going to be to make a bunch of tiny Godzillas that fly.
1: I kind of got it cuz they talked about how like Godzilla could take over the world, but I didn't fully understand like ev- like what they were talking about. So, stage 5 is a fleet of tiny winged Godzillas. Yeah,
0: and you, that's evident at the end of the movie when they show his tail. His tail is actually growing like 20 to 50 tiny uh humanoid Godzilla creatures with spines that are evolving into wings.
2: So that is okay. So that's what that was all about. Cause I saw those and I was like, okay, great. This is like, we looked it up. I was like, okay, it was clearly like the next evolution. But I was like, is it supposed to look like humans? Are they supposed to be like, it wasn't clear like what he was trying to evolve into. And I was like, is he trying to try to blend in like Cylons? Like what's going on here?
0: Yeah. There's also, um, there's also some internet theories that believe that part of Godzilla's DNA is combined with Professor Maki because we never actually find out where Professor Maki is. His boat is empty. His research is left out. What happened to him? People think that he may have combined with this sea monster and that is kind of, it's pulling from Maki's DNA to create the next phase.
2: That's, but how would he have Maki's DNA?
0: Oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he hopped into the water and went down into the toxic chemicals, and he combined with the eel. You know, I don't know. It's pretty ambiguous, and again, it's just a the theory. Um, I personally don't think that, but who knows?
1: I I was wondering like how Godzilla woke up, and I assumed Professor Maki had something to do with it. So maybe that's how they merged. I could I can see. Something there, like there's a thread of a theory there. I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's there. If you want to believe it again, this is going to fall into the head cannon territory. If you really want it, um, it it the movie doesn't quite explain those things, uh, but you know, at least for good discussion. Um, okay, Garrett or John, why don't you tell us what the SDF task force has finally decided how they're going to stop Godzilla?
2: Okay, I got this. So, from my understanding, from what I was what I watched, was they're going to run trains into godzilla's legs make explosions basically distract him knock him over and when they knock him over they're going to take a bunch of tanker trucks and a bunch of like you know industrial crazy straws and shove them inside godzilla's mouth and fill them with a coagulant which will basically then freeze him and then they're going to freeze godzilla in place like um like terminator like the t1000
0: that's pretty close i think um so the the phase one right is we got to get him on his back we need to stop him from moving entirely so they fill up like these subway trains full of c4 and ram it into his legs and then they detonate the buildings around him to bury him long enough for them to get these as garrett says industrial crazy straws full of milkshake into his mouth (laughs) and then we we got to pump at least, what was it, like 60% of the chemicals to potentially do the job. Uh, but they managed to get all of it in there. So, like, if this was Independence Day, Will Smith would be in that fire truck.
1: Definitely. Pumping the milkshake
0: into the mouth. He'd be like, "Woo, welcome to Earth, Godzilla. And then, you know, he would get blown up and taken out. And and, and uh, then we'd feel really sad about it. Sorry, Will Smith.
1: <laughs> they did come up with a clever plan to deal with the atomic breath. They're, they're- just threw wave after wave of drones until he got tired. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And that's how they got around his atomic breath. So they just exhausted him by letting him destroy drones until, you know, there was no more atomic breath. Then they drove train bombs into him and then they threw buildings at him. And I really, like, I know he's the bad guy, but I kind of felt bad for him because what a shitty day Godzilla was having. He was taking a little nap and next thing you know skyscrapers are dropping on his
2: back
0: yeah and the the creatures with thumbs got you we got you giant monster
2: that's it should have evolved some thumbs which is why king kong will beat any godzilla ever because my boys got thumbs true challenge
1: pick up this hammer king kong no problem godzilla screwed
2: exactly
0: did I say I was four thumbs? I'm all of a sudden against thumbs. Fuck thumbs. <laughs> I think Godzilla has thumbs.
2: <laughs> so long story short, they knock him down. They bury him in buildings. They fill him full of purple drink or whatever it is that they're going to put inside of him. He then decides that he's going to like shake it off and stand up like he just got one of those like emergency IV things you get after drinking too much downtown. And then... He gets all flexed up and he's like, it's time to fuck shit up. And then boom, freezes.
0: So the movie leaves a a, a couple things open to uh, questions here. It's like, is Godzilla frozen forever? Do they have to keep dumping crazy straw of liquid into his mouth every week, every day? What are we talking here? Or will his dormant state eventually evolve out of this? You know, what do you guys think would happen?
1: I feel like they, they mentioned this isn't going to last forever because they're like, well, we're gonna have to deal with them. We live in this world now with a Godzilla, so I I thought eventually he would thaw, and they were gonna either have to yeah, pump more colagulant or find a different way to like actually kill kill him because they just sort of immobilized him right now.
2: Well, they had that conversation where they talk about how his like his isotopes like diminish at a certain rate, and they're like, oh, in about two to three years they'll they'll be completely innate. So the way I I understood that is like, oh, in about two to three years, like he'll die out. Like if we keep him frozen in about two to three years, he'll just like die out. But I don't know if I was reading that wrong.
1: Yeah, I thought that was for the residual radiation that he left when like, because everywhere he stomped or walked became irradiated. And I think it's that radiation that disappears in two years, because they were like, "Oh, that's good news for the citizens of Tokyo." So, like, they're saying people can move back in in like two years.
0: That's how I interpret that as well, John. Um, I, I thought it meant like his all the destruction he caused was still radiated, but it would it wouldn't be as bad as the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? They would actually go back to normal sooner than that did. Shin Godzilla does have thumbs, you guys. So I'm I'm back on I'm back on Team Thumbs. Okay. Okay.
1: I retract. Usable, functioning thumbs. <laughs> what is his he? His arms are like human-sized arms attached to a Godzilla-sized
2: body. Those aren't going to help him in any way. <laughs> They're just baby doll arms stuck to his body. <laughs> Phase
0: uh, version 8 is going to have 13 thumbs per hand, and then what are you going to do?
2: Okay? <laughs>
1: well, I think we all know there's a diminishing return to the amount of thumbs you
2: have. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. At what point do thumbs just become fingers? Yeah, Mark.
0: All right, look, I'm not the professor of thumbs, so I, I can't answer these questions just yet. Uh, but I'll go get a degree if there's any Thumbologists listening out there, you can help us out.
1: Yeah.
2: I demand some dumb answers. I thought you said I demand some dumb answers. And I was like, oh, we all do at this point.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's that movie. I, uh, again, I, I think just because of the way that it was structured, um, it's complete uh, removal of character development and main characters other than their role they played in the government The creepiness of this ever-changing Godzilla. I had such a good time with this movie. Um, I would recommend it 100%.
1: Same. I'm not the biggest Godzilla fan or kind of monster movies in general, but this one was really enjoyable. And except for like 15 minutes in the middle part of the movie, it really kept moving i liked the pace of it um i just wish it were a little shorter they didn't have almost two hours of material i think like an hour 45 probably would have made a a much tighter movie but ultimately i think that's like a, a small detraction so i would also recommend it
2: it's hard for me not to recommend this because if you like godzilla films i think you're gonna like this movie um but again to the point there's just so much so much there with not a lot of like I thought the pacing was a little bit off uh you know it feels very anime and the fact that there's sometimes like a lot of build up to something the problem is there's a lot of build up to something and something happened and then it just like wind way back down so i'd recommend it if you like godzilla films or even hell even like giant monster movies You'll, you'll probably enjoy this but just make sure you give yourself time to like sit and watch the whole thing in one sitting or disaster films
0: I think if you like those,
2: you'll, this one will be up your alley too. That's a very good point. Yeah,
0: Roland Emmerich did 1998's Godzilla that I hate so much. Uh, um, so I think he could learn a lot from this film if he were to make another Godzilla film. It's like, dude, you did you 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 do the disaster things and then you made a monster movie.
2: <laughs> I mean, and if you don't like this film, then at least you get uh, Kong versus Godzilla to look forward to uh, next year. Right. So
0: on the horizon, what do we got coming? Unfortunately. Um, Shin Godzilla 2 to my knowledge has been canceled but they were gonna make a sequel um, after uh, a deliberation they decided that Toho is gonna make their own shared universe and I don't know if I like the sound of that or not because I kind of figured the Godzilla universe was already that but now they're talking about rebooting stuff and doing a, a shared Marvel roadmap style Godzilla verse and I'm like okay but you did something really unique here with Shin Godzilla. It sure would be unfortunate if you just threw that aside. So I hope that at some point, maybe we'll see Shin Godzilla enter into this Toho universe. Maybe there's a Godzilla versus Shin Godzilla in the future works, who knows? Uh, But we still have to wait for Kong versus Godzilla to release before Toho is able to continue down their ultimate Toho Godzilla-verse.
2: Oh, is that like a contractual thing? They have to wait for this to happen first? Yeah,
0: I think so. But who knows what timetables now, you know, Godzilla versus Kong was pushed back to 2021. COVID's just screwing all the the movies up. Uh, But yeah, it was once that one movie releases, we should start seeing Toho do some stuff. Randomly, I looked up uh, the Evangelion guy, Hideki Ono is working on Shin Ultraman. He
2: just loves that Shin title, doesn't he? Slated for 2021. I feel like that's going to be a little more entertaining than this. I mean, at least from like an action perspective, because that dude, his whole thing is just basically punching stuff.
0: Yeah, John, if you don't know Ultraman, he was like a a human in a robot suit or space suit or something, and he would grow to enormous kaiju size, and he would fight shit. He's been around since the 60s. I think this was like an old 60s Japanese TV show.
1: Well, sign me up. That sounds awesome. (laughs)
0: Well, that's it from us. Listeners, what did you think of Shin Godzilla? Do you like it more than the other Godzilla movies? Let us know in our comments section. You can find our stuff at thegravetalk.com. We've got a Twitter. We've got a Facebook. We've got an Instagram. Please give us a shout out. We love talking to you guys and hearing your thoughts on this stuff. Do you have any other recommendations, any movies you want us to do? Let us know. And until next time, hang in there. And uh, what are we doing next, Garrett? What's the next movie um, coming out?
2: Uh, Looks like the next movie up is uh, the 80s classic Fright Night.
0: Ooh, moving into the werewolves. No, no, no. Fright Night's vampires, dude. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's right. Jesus. Okay. Roddy McDowell. I've seen it. I know my Fright Night. My bad. I don't know what I was thinking of. Okay. All right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're going to give you a pass because it's the end of a podcast. And I know, you know, our brains are a little mush, but uh, just don't let it happen again. Okay. Yeah.
0: Maybe I'm thinking a rampage, you know, giant Ralph, giant Godzilla, giant King Kong, you know. The rock. (laughs) Yeah. That, that whole thing. (laughs) Um, Okay. We'll check out Fright Night and we'll be back in two weeks with that one. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.